Hare Krishna. Good morning to everybody, including those of you who are listening out in cyber world somewhere, or listening in on the radio of your local. Rupanugadas here with you again for the second time this week, if you can tolerate it. We're going to be reading today, continuing our reading today, in the uh, ninth chapter of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. This chapter is entitled, The Passing Away of Bhishma Dev. So he's giving instructions to the Pandavas and others who are around while he's lying on the battlefield, his body completely pierced with arrows by Arj- Sri Arjuna. Today we'll be examining the 18th text, text number 18 of chapter 9 of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. We know that there are those of you who are listening in from some distance away from Dallas, Texas. And so we're very happy that to know that you have joined us. For those of us who are listening in after the fact, after the class is done, by way of the archived media on uh, radhakalachanji.org. Anyhow, we're glad that you have chosen to listen to some philosophy for the day, even though you might not be able to make it in the morning time. So before we begin, our invocation to the Supreme Lord, asking for His presence and His blessings. We depend very strongly on the words that he gives us to speak. Jayarata Madhava Kunjabihari Jayarata Madhava Kunjabihari Gopi Janavalava Girivaradari Jaya Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivaradari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Jamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radhamadava Kunjabihari Jaya 
Paramahansa Paribhajaka Charja Haso Tarasata Sri Srimad, His Divine Loving Grace of Hayatanada Vinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnupada Paramahansa Paribhajaka Charja Haso Tarasata Sri Srimad, His Divine Grace Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavanda Ki Iskan BBT Fandra Charger Srila Prabhupada Ki. Iskan Guru Parampara Ki. Sri Rup Sri Sanatan Bhattaraganat Sri Jeeva Gopal Bhattadasaraganat Sadko Sami Prabhu Ki. Nama Charger Srila Harirasta Kur Ki. Premzikahu Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaura Bhaktarinda Ki. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radakun Girigovadan Ki Shri Vandavandam Ki Shri Maturadam Ki Shri Mayapunabhadidam Ki Shri Jagannath Puridam Ki Shri Shri Radha Kalachanjidam Ki Ganga Devi Ki Jamunamai Ki Tulsi Devi Ki Bhakti Devi Ki Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Brihapadanga, Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Ki, Jai, Nittai Gaur Premananda, Hari Hari Bol, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namon Vishnabhadaya Krishna Vistaya Bhutale, Shumati Bhakti Vedanta Swamaniti Namani. Namaste, Saraswati Devi, Gauravani Pachanine, Nivisheshya, Srinivari, Pashyantare, Shitarine. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chayuna Nanavutamam Devim Sadaswatim Yasun Tito Jayam Uriyat Nasta Prishvabadresu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Yutamashloke Bhakti Bhavadi Nashtiki Gantarashi Murbhagavatam Ki Jai Once again we're reading from the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the glorious spotless Purana, written by His Divine Grace, uh, Srila Srila uh, Krishna Dwaipayan. Vyasadev. Vyasadev Vyasadev. So, text number 18, we'll do uh, word-for-word repetitions. Esa Vai Bhagavan Satchat 
आदिया नारायणा पूर्मन मोहयन मायया लोकम गुरहरती विष्णुषु Now is poetry. Eshavai Bhagavan Shakshad Adyo Narayana Puman Mohayan Mayaya Lokang Gudhas Charati Vrishnishu Eshavai Bhagavan Shakshan Adyo Narayana Puman Mohayan Mayaya Lokam Guras Charati Vrishnishu Stand please. word for word translations esa this by positively bhagavan the the personality of godhead sakshat original adya the first narayana the supreme lord who lies down on the water Puman, the supreme enjoyer, Mohayan, bewildering, Mayaya, by his self-created energy, Lokam, the planets, Gudha, who is inconceivable, Charati, moves, Vrishnishu, among the Vrishni family. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. This Sri Krishna is no other than the inconceivable original personality of Godhead. He is the first Narayan, the supreme enjoyer. But He is moving amongst the descendants of King Vrishni, just like one of us. And He is bewildering us with His self-created energy. Repeat with me, please. This Sri Krishna is no other than the inconceivable original personality of Godhead. He is the first Narayan, the supreme enjoyer, 
but he is moving amongst the descendants of King Vrishni, just like one of us, and he is bewildering us with his self-created energy. Reported by his, by his divine grace, the Vedic system of acquiring knowledge is the deductive process. The Vedic knowledge is received perfectly by disciplined succession from authorities. Such knowledge is never dogmatic, as ill-conceived by less intelligent persons. The mother is the authority to verify the identity of the father. She is the authority of such con- of, she is the authority for such confidential knowledge. Therefore, authority is not dogmatic. In the Bhagavad Gita, truth is confirmed. This truth is confirmed in the fourth chapter. That's the fourth chapter, uh, verse two. And the perfect system of learning is to receive it from authority. This very, uh, the very same system is accepted universally as truth. But only the false arguer speaks against it. For example, modern space, spacecraft fly in the sky, and when scientists say they travel to the other side of the moon, men believe these stories blindly because they have accepted the modern scientists as authorities. The authorities speak, and the people in general believe them. But in the case of Vedic truths, they have been taught not to believe. Even if they accept them, they give a different interpretation. Each and every man uh, wants a direct perception of Vedic knowledge, but foolishly they deny it. This means that the misguided men can believe one authority, the scientist, but will reject the authority of the Vedas. The result is that people in general have degenerated Here is an authority speaking about Sri Krishna as the original personality of Godhead and the first Narayan. And who is that authority speaking? Bhishma Dev. Sri Bhishma Dev. Even such an impersonalist as Acharya Shankara has said in the beginning of his commentation on the Bhagavad Gita, that Narayan, the personality of Godhead, is beyond the material creation. The universe is one of the material creations, but Narayan is transcendental to such material paraphernalia. This goes on for another page. Prabhupada is giving a very long purport here. Bhishmadev is one of the twelve Mahajans who know the principles of transcendental knowledge. His confirmation of Lord Krishna's being the original personality of Godhead is also corroborated by the impersonalist Shankara. All other Acharyas have also confirmed this statement, and thus there is no chance of not accepting Lord Sri Krishna as the original personality of Godhead. Bhishmadev says that he is the first Narayan, not Bhishmadev, but of course Krishna is the first Narayan. This is also confirmed by Brahmaji in the Bhagavatam. Uh, this is from the 10th canto. Krishna is the first Narayan in the spiritual world, Vaikuntha, 
and there are unlimited numbers of Narayans who are all the same personality of Godhead and who are considered to be the plenary expansions of the original personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. What does plenary mean? Full. Complete. I used to think it meant partial. But but that's not so. All those Narayan forms then are the as same as the original Narayan Lord Sri Krishna. All these expansions. Now let's go up one more one more verse. The first form of the Lord Sri Krishna first expands himself as the form of Baladev, whose appearance day we're going to celebrate on Sunday this coming. And Baladev expands in so many other forms, such as Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, Vasudev, Narayan, Purusha, Rama, and Rishinga. All these expansions are one and the same Vishnu Tattva. And Sri Krishna is the original source of all the plenary expansions. He is therefore the direct personality of Godhead. He is the creator of the material world, and he is the predominating deity known as Narayan and all the Vaikuntha planets. Therefore, his movements amongst human beings are another sort of bewilderment. The Lord, therefore, says in the Bhagavad Gita that foolish persons consider him to be one of the human beings without knowing the intricacies of his movements. The bewilderment regarding Sri Krishna is due to the action of his twofold internal and external energies upon the third one, the third energy, called marginal energy. The sometimes bewildered, uh, uh, sorry, the living entities are expansions of his marginal energy and thus they are sometimes bewildered by the internal energy and sometimes by the external energy. By internal energetic bewilderment, Sri Krishna expands himself into unlimited numbers of Narayans and exchanges or accepts transcendental loving service from the living entities in the transcendental world. And by his external energetic expansions, he incarnates himself in the material world amongst men, animals, or demigods to reestablish his forgotten relation with the living entities and different species of life. Great authorities like Bhishma, however, accept his bewilderment by the mercy of the Lord. No, I'm sorry, escape his bewilderment. Let's say that again. Great authorities like Bhishma, however, escape his bewilderment by the mercy of the Lord. So without the mercy of the Lord, no possibility of escaping bewilderment. So we as the living entities, the jiva souls, we're the marginal energies, and quite often we're overcome by the internal energy and the external energy of the Lord because of our insignificant size. Omagyana timirandasya gananjana salakaya chakshuran melitam jena tasmai sri gurave Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Savitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupaha Kadamaya Dadati Swavarantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatan Vitam Tam Sajivam 
Sadvaitam Savadutam Paridana Sahidam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindamade Swadi Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hadi Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vyevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pistaya Bhutale, Srimate Tamal Krishna Goswaminiti Namane. So this this verse is all about uh, bewilderment of the living entities by the external or internal energy of the Lord. If we're fortunate, we're bewildered by the internal energy. If we're not so fortunate, we're bewildered by the external energy. It is said that the residents of the highest Vaikuntha planet, known as Goloka Vrindavan, are bewildered by the Lord's internal energy. They forget that Krishna is the Supreme Person. They think of him as their child, their playmate, their lover. Um, so so many different kinds of relationships are there. So what what I would like to talk about today is uh, is the ignorance that we suffer as a society in general. Uh, so that everyone who is born into this world practically is grows up living in a certain amount of ignorance. And, uh, and as devotees, we have to deal with, uh, certain misconceptions that have been given us by the modern science. For example, uh, we've been taught to believe that this universe is unlimited. That outer space just goes on eternally. That's almost true, except for the fact that this universe is like a ball. And it's covered by different material elements, each one increasing from the outs- from the inside to the outside, increasing by factors of ten. So uh, uh, there are some who think that there are other suns in this universe. This is another one of our pieces of misinformation uh, that uh, we don't have the knowledge until unless we come into contact with the Vedas. Uh, but there is actually only one sun within this universe illuminating and warming the entire universe. Now, it's said that the sun is the only source of light, but I think there's one exception to that, and that is the moon. It is said that the uh, kusha grass, I believe it's kusha grass, on the moon uh, uh, produces a very soft type of light. Have you heard this before? In some places, we hear that the moon reflects, simply reflects the sunlight. But in the Vedic literatures, we also hear that there is, there is a kusha grass on the moon. I think it's kusha grass. Is that correct? Uh, on the moon, which, which produces a very soft form of light. So, therefore, the light of the moon 
is always very soothing and very beautiful. And it also is beneficial for the vegetation on this planet and on other planets too, we presume. So they only one sun. Uh, some think that there are life forms on other planets, uh, but they have to be like those on this planet. Sometimes they say there are not any life forms on other planets, or they don't know of them for sure. But they expect to find carbon-based life on other planets such as exist on this planet. And because of that, then, they consider that this planet is the only one that we know about that has atmosphere and all the ingredients and all the a certain amount of sunlight, you know, not too much, not too little, that promotes life on this planet. So again, ignorance, because they don't know that there's life that can exist on other forms on other planets. Even on the sun planet, it is said that the, the, uh, the living entities have bodies that are made of fire and not carbon but made of fire. Uh, many people believe that life comes, like many people on this planet, in our society, not in our ISKCON society, but every everything outside our ISKCON society, believe that life comes from a mixture of material elements. And we know that life comes from life because our founder, Acharya Srila Prabhupada, has written a little book called Life Comes From Life. And without there being life present, then it's not possible for the material energy of the Lord to appear as though it is alive. Some people say that there is no one in control of all the events in this universe. I was having a conversation the other night, yesterday, day before, uh, on on uh, um, Facebook Messenger. With a, with a, a boy that's a friend of mine, man, he's man, he's uh, he was a couple of years younger than I. Uh, I went to school with him, went to high school with him, played in the band with him. He was a young guy, so I, did, I didn't give too much attention to this young fellow. Uh, but now he's he's you know he went on, he graduated from college, became a lawyer, and uh, he is he's just he's quite sure that uh, this this lifetime is all that we got. That after this annihilation, we're no longer present. And uh, and I've 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 tried gently but firmly to try to con- I've tried to convince him that uh, the living entity within these bodies is what makes the bodies look as though they're alive. Uh, but without the living entity, as we know, at what we call the time of death, uh, the living entity begins almost immediately to turn back into the ingredients from which it came. And all these bodies that we see around us, the human bodies, animal bodies, vegetable bodies, all of them come from the ingredients of the earth. But until they're in contact with the living entity, as we know, there is no birth, no growth, no reproduction, no dwindling, and no old age, and no death. So the living entity has to be there in order for these different stages of life to take take place. Uh, most people have a misunderstanding of the universe. They think that this is the only universe. Uh, and thinking that it has no boundaries, then they conceive of light as coming from many light years away, which is trillions and trillions of miles away. But we happen to know 
that uh, this universe is about how many miles in diameter? Four billion. Four billion miles in diameter. Yeah, Prabhupada states that in, in one of the purports in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, some people think that this is only a planet like ours can support life, as we were talking about, because they don't they don't understand that the living entity can take his birth, can make his appearance in any of a number of different kinds of, of bodies. And all of us have a subtle body, which is not really dependent on this gross material body. And that subtle body, of course, carries the spirit soul, carries the living entity to his next destination on the demise of this body. But this is, this is not common knowledge. There's, again, there's quite a bit of ignorance. Some think that the sun is stationary in this universe, that it doesn't move. It stays in one place, except for maybe the, everything in the universe is moving, you know, in one direction or the other. I don't know what, what their current thought is on that. But we happen to know from the Vedas that the sun has a path that it follows. And it, uh, in the wintertime, it, it, it follows, it, it follows its southern path, and in the summertime, it follows the northern path. And we can see that the sun appears to arise from the horizon at, at a different place, you know, for the summer and the winter. Right now, the, the, summer, the sun is on its southern course. It's moving toward the south now. And I can see it when I, when I get up in the morning and I come out and I see where the sun is coming up. I can tell it's already moved a few degrees from where it was two months, two, three months ago. Well, actually, let's see, June, right? June 22nd is when the sun is, uh, that's the summer solstice, isn't it? And then the sun begins on its southern path. It begins to move south. And if I remember right, Bhishma Dev is, is, uh, was waiting for the sun to begin on its southern course before he would give up his body. I think I understand that correctly. Hmm? On the northern course? Waits for it to begin on the northern course. All right, thank you for the correction. Uh, so that, it, and that's when the sun then has reached its southernmost point and then begins coming back on the north. Okay, right, right. That's good. Okay, so, and some people believe that um, human beings can travel by mechanical contraptions to the moon and other planets which we understand to be heavenly planets. But according to the Vedas, you actually have to have a change in body to be able to visit the other planets. Or you have to go in your subtle body to the other planets. It said that you cannot travel to the other planets. Prabhupada said, even if they did actually go to the moon, they couldn't stay there. But then he also says in other places that they didn't actually go to the moon. He says, moon is a heavenly planet, and it's actually farther away from us than the than the uh, sun is. Have you heard that before? You remember that? That the sun is actually closer to us than the moon is. I think they said it said that the moon is about a million miles away. And according to today's scientists, I think they say it's 240,000 miles away. So they're quite sure that they have they have gone to the moon. The scientists are. Um, they another one of the misconceptions about the nature of life, besides believing that the body becomes well. Well, I don't think we mentioned this though. Uh, many people think that the body becomes a person. They actually think that there is a, but the Catholics have a little bit different belief. 
as I understand it. I did not grow up as a Catholic, but I understand in the Catholic Church, well, I've actually talked by text with a person who was representing the Catholic Church who appeared on National Public Radio some years ago. He was a brilliant young man, and I saw, you can look online and see this person, if I can remember his name now, but it's been several years since I, I was in a conversation with him. He was speaking on National Public Radio, and I, and I, so I found out how to get in touch with him, and he responded. He actually responded back to me. He's, he's got a PhD, but he's, he's a Catholic monk. And, uh, and so he represents the Catholic Church. But the misconception is that there is a time of ensoulment when after the, after the sperm of the man enters the womb of the mother, reunites, uh, unites with the ovum or reunites, reunites with the egg and, and it becomes an ovum. I can't remember exactly how that is. Anyhow, two, two different kinds of chemicals joining together. That's what everybody is convinced of because that's what the scientists are telling them. And they, they don't understand then that, uh, that the, uh, they don't understand when the soul enters the body. So the Catholics, even though they say they're against abortion, they can't actually say to the rest of society at what point the soul enters the body. Uh, you know, they, some people say, well, it's when the heartbeat begins. And other people say, well, when the brain waves begin, when you can start detecting brain waves. So there are different kinds of conceptions, and they just really don't know. But we know, according to the Vedas, that the spirit soul is, is, is with the body, first with the body of the man, uh, enters into the, the sperm, and the sperm goes, travels into the body. Now, the scientists through microscopes have seen the movements of individual sperms, spermazoa, whatever they're called. Uh, they're actually moving. They have a little uh, tail on them, and it wiggles, and it propels the sperm toward the egg. But they don't know, the scientists don't know, you know, where that energy is coming from. Because otherwise, if, if it cannot move, then it's just dead matter. So they, they see this movement taking place. But they can't really explain it, and they don't understand that the soul is with the, the sperm of the man. And, and it enters into the womb, and then the material body begins to develop. And so the Texas, you know, has outlawed, as a state, has, has come up with a law just recently, outlawing uh, abortions um, after the sec is it after the second... Uh, Semester, second, uh, what's it called? What is it? Trimester. trimester. After the second, or in the, is it the beginning of the second trimester? Anyhow, I had, I had to look that up. I can't remember. But I think uh, Texas is the only state that has chosen to make a law to limit uh, the time at which an abortion can occur. In other words, they're saying after, when that second trimester begins, no more, no more abortions. Only during the first trimester, I think that's the way it is stated. Um, and but they they still don't know that the soul is present at the at the moment of conception that it enters enters the woman. You know, the sperm enters the body of the woman. The soul is with the sperm of the man, and therefore uh, the beginning of the development of the body is is begins to take place. They don't know. 
they think that the personality ceases to exist after death or at the time of death. Or at least my, my young friend, my younger friend, he's actually in his 70s now, uh, back in Mississippi. I uh, know, actually, he's in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. But anyhow, he's quite convinced that when the, when the time of death comes, that the personality ceases to exist. Ignorance. This is gross ignorance. And it's really hard, especially with a person who has some intelligence, some person who's been to college, you know, and, and especially when they get on later into their years, it's very hard to make a change. What's the saying? Can't teach an old dog new tricks. So then, uh, so they imagine that the human characteristics uh, only come from genetics. They cannot understand that the soul is bringing with it into this present lifetime uh, some of the characteristics, some some of the memory of its previous existence. You know, perhaps you've seen on uh, on Facebook or some other uh, internet. Um, some other internet um, uh, web page, you've seen little kids like four or five years old who can who can play classical piano music as though as though it just you know they they've never been taught they're just put down at a piano and they begin playing and so this this has to come from somewhere doesn't it and and yet because of the ignorance that is so prevalent in our society. They think that this this child has just you know something has happened genetically. Even though his parents have no musical ability at all, they think that somehow or other this the genetics have been kind of messed up a little bit or enhanced, and they don't know how that happens. But they think it's all due to that. And then they think that uh, whatever laws there are that govern the universe are simply mechanical. They just they just happen. They came about. There's no lawgiver, but there's there are laws that got. But for example, the sun rises at a very predictable time each day and sets at a very predictable time, and even the path of the sun, the different angles to the equator, uh, those things can be calculated and they're shown. You can, you can see them on the internet. So people are convinced that because the scientists think that this is the way it is and they say that there are all these laws, they're quite sure that they just came naturally. They just exist. They don't, they don't think that there is any, uh, there's any supreme lawmaker. They know that we have man-made laws, but they don't think that the laws of the universe have any creator or, or they any source. So thinking and acting is is really affected by ignorance. Um, people in general have no real understanding of our identity, our origin, or our prescribed set of, of actions that we have to perform in this lifetime. They just don't know. They don't accept that there are reactions for every action, even though in, there's the law of science that says, uh, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. But they don't see that morally uh, with with regard to... Uh, my, my spiritual master, Tamar Krishna Goswami, once said that even when you blow air, you you kill certain living entities in the in, that are in the air. When you strike a match, there's so many living entities in the air 
you know, the, the bacteria, the virus, whatever is in the air, so many of those that are killed with the strike of a match. He says there, there are reactions for that. And we have to, we have to take those reactions. So, um, because there's no real knowledge then about the nature of the human being and, and, uh, and our, our beginnings, our, 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 what we're expected to do, to do in this lifetime, therefore we become very fearful of failure. We, since we don't know what produces failure, we don't know what produces success. We just think that if we if we succeed, we think it's because I'm I'm such an intelligent person, it's because I was born into such a nice family, or because I, my parents were able to send me to college. They think think like that uh, if if they're if they're winning, but if they're losing, it's just it's just bad luck, and they don't know where that luck is coming from. They don't know why it comes. Then there's disease and old age and death, and they can't explain those things. Why does the human body have to go through those things? If there is a God, if you say there's a God, then why can't God create a, a, a perfect world in which people don't have to suffer and die like this? But, you know, the fact is, and we have to tell them, God did create a perfect world, and it's called Vaikuntha Loka. This world that we're in, this is where all the miscreants, all the lawbreakers come to. All those persons who want to be fascinated by the material energy of the Lord. This is the place that they come to. And why doesn't Krishna make this world permanent? He wants us back. He wants us back in the spiritual world. We can't understand the fact that there are millions and trillions and quadrillions of living entities not only in this planet, but in other planets and throughout the universes, and there are unlimited numbers of universes, and it's and they're all filled up with living entities like ourselves who became a little bit infatuated with this bright light on the horizon over here that was called the material world, and we became attracted to it. And Krishna says, "All right, you want to enjoy without me? Here's your chance." And so he gives us the right to come into this material world, but as soon as we take a material body, we become bewildered thinking, I am this body. And the way to become happy is to make my five senses happy. And so that's, that's, a, that's just ignorance, isn't it? So because of the ignorance, then, people in general miss the opportunity to know a loving, personal God. They just, they, they just miss it. They miss the opportunity. And even though there's so many religious organizations throughout the world, they don't have an idea of what this supreme person is like. Only those who are Vaishnavas believe that God is a person. He's the most powerful person. He's unlimited in his energies, but he's also unlimited in the amount of love that he can give each one of us. So they're also unable to imagine that there is a place where we can go that we don't have to leave, we don't have to die, we don't have to suffer. It's a place that is completely free from suffering, completely free from anxiety, and therefore it's called Vaikuntha. So this is what the, uh, the whole society that is around us is wrapped up in. It's wrapped up in ignorance. And it's a very unfortunate thing because if people have the knowledge that are given by the mother, the Vedas, then they can understand who the father is. 
They can understand who God is. So uh, Bishmadev is trying to impart some knowledge then to Yudhisthira and let him know, Yudhisthira, this is not all of these deaths that have come about, the millions of people who have been, who have been killed. It, 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 you're not the one. You're not the one who caused it. You think that because you were so greedy uh, to become the emperor of the world, you thought that that was the reason that this battle had to take place. But that's not so. It was only by the will of the Supreme Lord that this battle took place, and 640 million men and numerous animals were killed. Uh, so don't, don't, uh, don't be thinking that you're so important that you could bring about the killing of 640 million people. If Krishna had not desired this, it would not have happened. Hare Krishna. That's all. That's all I have to say. Does anybody want to add some things or make some comments, please? There's a microphone. It, you push the button on the bottom, the light will come on, and it should work. I tried it early and found that it worked. Hare Krishna. Is it going to work? Lights on. It says low battery, but I think it's picking up. I can hear you now. Just have yet to speak kind of. Sure. If you want to pull your mask down, people are listening in at home and other places. Uh, It'd be good if they can hear what you say. No, I was just I was. It's the governor. Right. It's the governor who, who created all those prisons to make us suffer. Folly. You know what folly is? Just meaningless activity. <clears throat> just like, just like um, I, 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 have to, I have to criticize our government for um, taking our boys and girls into a conflict, uh, into a war uh, with another country that, well, well, they say for the purpose of establishing democracy, or for the for the fact of uh, this country is our ally, and if somebody tries to overthrow the government, then we have to step in and and shore up the government that is there. And we see that it doesn't work. We've tried it. We tried it in Korea. We tried it in Vietnam. We we now tried it in Afghanistan. And and uh, everybody wants to blame, put the blame on the current administration for pulling the troops out, uh, without putting any blame on the, on the administration to put the troops in, that sent the troops there, right? So millions, billions, trillions of dollars we have wasted in Afghanistan. Same thing in Vietnam, same thing in Korea, as I understand it, right after World War II ended. So much money, and who is it that's convincing the government that this is what we're supposed to do? If we look, we look, we can see that it's probably those persons, if, what do they say? Follow the paper trail. Where do, look for the money. Look for where the money goes. And you see a lot of industries make big money off, off, off creating material for war. Uh, and, uh, and they hope that uh, by going into a country and, and influencing, its gov- influencing its government, uh, that we can gain something, just like in Vietnam. Uh, what we found out later was that there were tremendous oil reserves said to be off the coast of South Vietnam. Did you know? 
and we say, well, we're going in there to establish democracy and keep communism from taking over the world. And now they now they say, you know, we went into uh, went into Afghanistan to uh, uh, to keep the Taliban from from taking over or whatever they call it, Islamic State uh, uh, to keep them from taking over the whole country. Uh, why? We don't see that happening in in uh, Africa, for example. United States and other European countries. I mean, at one time. You know, the European countries went into Africa. They went along, took their sailing boats and went along the coast. And wherever there was something that they could take back to England or take back to Spain or some, you know, one of the other countries to help bolster their industry, their wealth, the wealth of the country. First of all, they're going for gold, gold and silver. And then they, then they set up big plantations and then send all the crops back there, just like in America. Uh, a lot of a lot of big tobacco plantations and then cotton plantations were organized. Where, where did everything go? Back to England or back to Europe. <clears throat> so uh, this it sounds like I'm getting off the point here, doesn't it? Anyhow, uh, this the the politicians are greatly influenced by the persons who support their campaigns. And therefore, whenever, uh, whenever somebody from a company comes in and offers a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars to, to the campaign of a politician, what does the politician want to do? He wants to stay in office, doesn't he? So, I don't, I don't mean to be sounding very political here, but I see it happening on both sides of the fence, on both sides of the aisle, as they say, among Democrats and Republicans. It seems like the main focus of the party is to keep the party in power or to regain power that the party once had. And uh, if if they do some good along the way for people, well, it's fine. But if they don't, you know, it's just the cost of government. You know, we have to govern the people in some way or other. So all of this is coming about from what we've been talking about in this class, and that is ignorance. They simply don't have the understanding of what is best for themselves and what is best for the rest of the nation. If they did, you know, we wouldn't have had a, a First World War, a Second World War, a Korean conflict, a Vietnam War, and now a war with Afghanistan, or a Taliban war, we might say. Uh, our, our government representatives just don't understand that uh, it, it's their own ignorance that causes us to have to take taxpayer money by the trillions of dollars and spend it on war material and getting, you know, 100,000 troops into a certain country. Can you imagine how much money it costs to support that? I mean, I can't imagine supporting my own family, you know, going to another country to live. <laughs> and here they are sending thousands and thousands of troops over there. So anyhow, is this what Krishna wants? Not necessarily. But if it's what we want, then, you know, it's Krishna's job to help make us happy. And he will do that even with people that are, are completely against him and won't even recognize that he exists. Look at all the empowerment that uh, uh, Adolf Hitler received. He was empowered. I've heard, even heard somebody say he was a Shakti Avesh avatar. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he was certainly, I mean, where does his power come from? It's just like uh, Prahlad told his father, 
your power comes from the same place. My power comes from the same place, Father, that your power comes from. You know, he, his father was asking, where do you get your power, Prahlad? You know, I've tried so many ways to kill you and I've not been able to. How, where are you getting your power from? He said, Father, I'm getting my power from the same place you get your power. But, you know, Hiranyakashipu didn't know that Vishnu, Lord Vishnu, was his friend. He considered him his enemy. And Prahlad was telling him, Father, the only, the only enemy that you have is your mind. You're thinking somebody else. And so this is the problem today in the, in the, in this world is that we, we are confronted all the time with so much ignorance. Just like my friend, my intelligent, well-educated, materialistically successful friend, uh, from Mississippi, uh, has not come to the understanding that he is not this body. Even after years and years of education, and experience in life and witnessing what goes on, he, you know, seeing all these things, he still can't understand. And that's what we have to deal with. Prabhu? And then they get disappointed when they can't enjoy for some reason. Like when they, when they finally get to an age that they have money in their possession. And then they, their bodies don't allow them to enjoy as they once did. And it's faulty design. <laughs> but as as we have as we've understood, Krishna is infallible. What is it? Achuta. Achuta. Infallible. He's infallible. He doesn't make mistakes. And so when when people say, uh, "How is it? Did God make a mistake? I, I now have COVID nineteen." No, no, no mistake, no mistake. He's either he's giving us our reactions, and as his as his devotees, sometimes like Bhakti Charu Maharaj, caught this dread disease, and other spiritual masters have given up their bodies because of some disease or other, and somebody says, "Well, how can how can God make let that happen?" But of course, most people say there is no God. It just happened, yeah. And so they just fail to, they fail to have the understanding, the knowledge. And when somebody tries to give them the knowledge, they say, "Who are you to tell me? You don't know how. How am I? Why should I believe you?" That's what they say. Uh, I believe what the scientists have to say. So it's it's a very unfortunate situation that most people find themselves in. And uh, we would like to help to eliminate that misfortune for other people if, if they would just simply give us an ear and accept a book from us, accept prasadam from us. They, they can get started on their, on their way out of this world and dukaliyam uh, ashashwatam and go back to the Vaikuntha where there is no suffering, no misery. No anxiety, no draft boards. <laughs> As Prabhupada, Prabhupada once told Tabal Krishna Goswami, that's one of the first questions that my spiritual master asked Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada, what's, what the spirit, what is Vaikuntha? What is the spiritual world like? And Prabhupada says, there are no draft boards. <laughs> because at that time, everybody was being drafted to go into the, into service. And that was Vietnam at that time. That also happened with me when I, I, I've mentioned this before in, in classes that uh, 
when I was uh, when I reached my final year and for my bachelor's degree, um, I got a message from the draft board saying, uh, "You your student deferment is up. You you need to come and sign in." And it, and during my at the beginning of my sec first year, my second year of college. Uh, I had to drop out for that college semester because I had a I had a bad kidney had to have a kidney removed, and so when the, and I was thinking well you know this why is this happening is it interfering with my college I I might not be able to even get a college degree now. Next semester I was back in college going great guns you know, and by the, when I finished though in 1968. Uh, the draft board uh, got in touch with me and sent me that notice. And I, and I, I gave him a call and I asked him, uh, what, what if I have only one kidney? Does that make any difference? They said, send us a letter from your surgeon. So I did that. They, they sent back a, a 1Y classification, which is a little bit different. The most severe classification is a 4F, meaning that you can't, you can't serve for under any circumstances. One why I meant that in, a, in an emergency, there are certain jobs that I could do in the military. They never called me up to to uh, to serve. If I had gone to Vietnam, very likely I would have come back in a body bag because that's what was happening at the time. Thousands and thousands of Americans. What to speak of the poor Vietnamese population? You know, those poor guys and their families, you know, whole families being lost by the bombing of the United States. Agent Orange being dropped on their forest to defoliate so that they could see the movement of the Viet Cong coming through the forest. And still, America had to, had to leave with its tail between its legs like a dog, you know, that's been chastised. Uh, and, uh, it's just, it's just a matter of, of, of misfortune and ignorance. So ignorance, I think that's our, of course, what is it from, it's said in the Bhagavad Gita that, uh, Anger is the is the uh, what is it is the worst thing that can happen to get angry because you lose your intelligence and you fall again into the material pool. So anger, but what can lead to that anger is then the not having proper intelligence to lose one's intelligence, and that means to be in ignorance, and it's just very unfortunate. And this is this is what we're up against as devotees. Shall we in? Thank you all. Everyone, thank you for listening in online, radio, uh, or telephone. And it's to you that we offer our respectful obeisances. Hari Bo.